0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, it's Casper. And Becky. From the DFWTO podcast. If you've been a long-time listener, you know how much mental health means to us. Mental health actually plays a role in many horror films, especially the final
1: girl subgenre. Whether it's Nancy facing her nightmares and defeating Freddie, or Sydney taking out Ghostface to overcome the trauma of and avenge her mother's death. Not only are horror movies a huge comfort to Casper and I, so is putting our mental health first. And if you agree
0: and you're searching for professional services, let BetterHelp be your guide. BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist who can help you start your journey of self-awareness and discovery. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient for any type of schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get yourself matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just like the final girls that triumph over evil, triumph over your trauma with
1: BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com D-F-W-T-O and save 10% off your first month when you sign up today. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot D-F-W-T-O. And remember guys, don't fuck with the original. Now let's get into the episode.
0: Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other hostess, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring all here to, here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays
1: because Did I throw you off? You did?
0: No, I'm just kidding. Did I throw you off. Um <laughs> because Wednesdays are for podcasts. All right, guys. Tonight is going to be a little heavy. Um we are gonna be talking about a cult that I had never heard of, uh, that Becky found um Because of a Tubi documentary called Holy Hell. Um, And it is quite a holy hell. Um, I watched it and was like, that is not... I don't know what I was expecting. But I wasn't expecting that, I guess. Um, Caitlyn Jenner running a cult. But, um, so... (laughs) It it
1: looked like her and her ex-wife, Kris Jenner, like morphed together.
0: Also it also looked like my like, Aunt Linda. It was
1: like Chris's haircut, mm-hmm. but like Caitlin's face.
0: <laughs> yes. So, um, everybody just imagine that. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because I can't really show you what my Aunt, Aunt Linda looks like. So, um, yeah, with a little Aunt Linda sprinkled <laughs> <laughs> in there. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Aunt Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Linda. Listen, Linda. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about this cult called Buddha Field. Um, What was really strange was when I first started watching the, uh, the documentary, I'm not going to lie, I was like, when is this going to get bad? I was like, I don't understand. Because I was like, I know it's coming. I know something's coming because that's how cults pull you in. They're like, oh, it's great and everything. Yeah, it helped. was such a well- Shot documentary and well
1: structured mm-hmm. documentary, and I think one of the big before we even get into it, I think one of the biggest things people should know is that the person that filmed and directed and wrote and curated this whole thing was a former cult member for I think 22. over twenty years. Yeah, it was him and his sister, and he got like his whole family. I think his both sister, two sisters or one sister, because just... they interviewed one of the sisters. Yeah, you know, with the curly, real pretty one with the curly black hair. Um, and then their mom later saying how evil he was and she's so happy to have her kids back. Yeah. So he was in it, um, for 22 years. Yeah. And, uh, it really does sort of lull you in, which I think was his intention because he's showing you what got everybody else into it. And I think it's sort of the appearance of any of these cults, Mm uh, religions, whatever that... Really, it's the the love bombing, the the lo- they're really lulling you into this false sense of security and this this. I think especially when it's anything that's considered like new age spirituality or anything like that, anything that has that sort of like buzzwords filled in. Um, I think you have a lot of people. I think a lot of that can come, and I say religion, but I think part of the reason why I say that is there is a dichotomy between the two, and I think a lot of people who have religious trauma. Are more susceptible to cults because they still want to find some type of higher meaning or higher purpose or higher being higher meaning Um, but apart from a God God quote-unquote I use that term loosely God that they think turned their back on them simply because Mm -hmm. of the trauma that they have from church which makes me so sad Kind of a little bit of an offshoot if you guys listen long enough you're used to that in my adhd brain uh I finish, i'm finishing there is sing. another hill song documentary out there as we're getting into cults and religions and all this shit sex power money it's not about god or jesus um there's a new hill song documentary out on hulu i watched it today highly recommend everybody check it out if you know anything about that story it's really this one is great um but there was one part at the end that made me really sad. And it was former members and they were all pretty young. I, I, I say young around my age, late 30s over here. Uh, And the ones that, and I, listen, I don't fault anybody for what they choose to believe or not believe in. But the ones at the end that were like, you know, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in anything. And it's like, okay, that's fine. That is your choice. I respect everybody's choice. And I totally get it. But I think what makes me sad with choices like that is that that choice to not believe in anything is coming from trauma. These evil, insidious people turned you away from
0: God. That, Which that is really funny to me, me so because sad. that's what they're, they have no idea that's <sighs> what they're actually doing.
1: <laughs> they're
0: turning you, they're,
1: they're warping it. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in this Hillsong thing, where you're getting into, you know, the original pastor was a fucking pedophile. You've got all this corruption. You've got money laundering. You've got the the Justin Bieber fuckboy pastor cheating on his wife. You've got oh my god, listen, y'all. Best part of that, just real quick to to finish on that. Best part of that documentary is I think it's in the first part because I think it's three part. I think in the the first part. The soundtrack of this thing is perfect. First part of it, when they introduce Carl Lentz, the fuckboy pastor, they start playing Pretty Boy Swag by Soldier Boy. Pretty Boy Swag. Pretty Boy wow. Swag. I was like, if that is Those not motherfuckers the knew they perfect fucking... If your pastor looks like a fuckboy, absolutely not. No. Well. So I just canceled he's up, a lot of people. He's up to a whole lot of shenanigans. Yeah, okay? no. Like, it, no. I remember the first time I laid eyes on him. I'm like, he is not.
0: There are some people you can you just are get not, vibes from without even meeting in person. He was one of no, them. No, you are not, a, no, not looking like that. No. Not
1: looking like that. Mm-mm. Not with your little muscles and all your stuff's going on and your fate crying and they did this whole montage because a former member brought up him crying all the time so they just did a fuck montage off of him making so cry and he always looks off in the distance like <laughs> like I was like oh I... my god you guys are gonna it's it's great it's funny, it's insightful, it's sad, it's horrific, it's... Yeah. New
0: Hillsong documentary See, listen, Google, ever since I got it. out of so being well in done. a cult, I so well really enjoy this shit. Because it helps me realize, not that I thought I was alone, but it helps me realize I really wasn't. And oh, I'm not no, crazy. not at all. Either.
1: The gaslighting, the trauma bonding, the love bombing, all of that is so involved with... All of this that collectively there's so much that people can learn from and heal from when you watch these type of things Um, even if they seem so far out of the spectrum and don't ever judge and think how could somebody I think that's what so getting back to the Holy Hell documentary the way that Will Allen shot it I think that was so perfect to really lull you in to make it look so beautiful and so pure and so being one with earth and having god in you and, and the the spiritual part of it and and uh feeling beautiful and feeling like you're accepted and and then how it can just slowly like once they've got you and you've put your whole life into this people put their whole life into this everything once your whole life is into it, into this they got you yep that's it That's it. And the more greedy and corrupt and evil it becomes, uh, can either make it the hardest to get out or the easiest to get out. Depends on where you're at. Yeah. Mentally, really. Yeah. So I watched the documentary when it was first on Netflix. Oh, wow. It was on Netflix first? Yeah. It was on Netflix, I think, in like... the It came out in 2016... And I think it was on Netflix. I might have even watched it during the pandemic. I might
0: have. Even I watched before, so much shit during the pandemic. 2019
1: so. or the pandemic. One or the other. 2019 or 2020 is when I watched it originally. and thought, this is fucking crazy. And kind of forgot about it for a while. Until, uh, weirdly enough. <laughs> um Joe Rogan, love him or hate him, but uh, he moved to Austin, Texas from LA and decided that he's going to open his own comedy club. And of all things, the original property that he was going to buy to build his comedy club was the original site of this Buddhafield cult. And he starts talking about it again. Every time he would have a comedian guest on and they're like, oh, man, you're going to make your own, you're going to build your own comedy club. That's so cool. Where's the land at? And he's like, yeah, well, it fell through. And he goes, yeah, by the way, there's this fucking documentary. guys. I was going to, there's this documentary called Holy Hell. And I was going (laughs) to buy it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I remember that documentary.
0: (laughs) So anyway. Did you happen to say. Holy hell. I mean, pretty
1: much. I remember. Uh, sure. He did not buy that property. Uh, actually, more for environmental reasons. I guess the land is up against a creek or a lake, and you can't, yeah. leave, you can't have it commercial because of environmental reasons. So, uh, but in case anybody wants to go, it's called the Comedy Mothership. It is in Austin, Texas. I will probably never go, but that's fine. If you get to go, cool. Yeah, my business to Texas are limited. If you love if you love stand up comedy and you're able to 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 make it, cool. Um, but no, not for me. Uh, <laughs> like not gonna happen. But um, that's how, and it's just it's nuts how all of a sudden like that all kind of aligned that I hadn't watched this fucking documentary in like three years, and then all of a sudden he starts talking about it again, and he's bringing it up to people, and people start talking about it. And you start seeing it trending, and then I start seeing a TikTok about it, and I'm like oh, where is this? It's not on Netflix anymore. Boom, it's on Tubi. Fuck, yeah. So then I watch it again, and I'm like, this whole thing was fucking crazy. And what's what's even crazier is that this guy now lives in Hawaii, and mm-hmm. is basically still doing it? Yeah, it's so modern. It's still, like, it's it's still a thing. There's still a a version. They they meet it, like, and I, I guess this is what makes it really fly under the radar, because people can't tell one way or the other. Because if you see them on the beach, they're either in a yoga studio or on a beach, and you think they're just yoga students. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's gonna know any different. Nobody's gonna say anything, yeah. unless you know this guy, which Will got a chance to confront him, which I think is
0: really fucking cool. I do too.
1: Good for so... him. Well, what was he basically funny... got to confront
0: your abuser? Oh my god, I would. Was... And I loved. I know we'll get to that part, but I loved his face. That bitch had no idea what to fucking say. He was so caught off guard. Oh my god! So well, I love how he almost tried to act like he couldn't remember who he was. I know he—he's like it's like it's like you could see him scrambling in his brain, like what the fuck, what the fuck, what can I say, what can I do, what is, what is happening? It's like you know, you you know, you know who that is. So when we were watching it, like I was saying, I did not. I was because I was like, obviously it's a cult. Obviously it's going to get bad. Mm-hmm. When is it going to get bad? The part of the documentary that definitely helped me know what was coming was when they started talking about how they all abstained from sex. Mm.
1: Me and my girlfriend looked at each
0: other and we were like, Oh, no, they don't. No, they don't. Somebody's fucking somebody. Not consensually. Something's happening. So, and then what was funny though, was that in the documentary, they said it and let it go. And then it came back later and explained what was going on. But it was, it was the fact that they brought that up, how he was like, no one was allowed to have sexual partners. You weren't allowed to have sex because it brought you to a higher being. Um, so like you've got 20 fucking of the best looking people on the goddamn planet and no one's fucking anybody. Okay. Okay. Well, so um, the guy went by the
1: name Michael. His real name is Jamie Gomez. And I think what I thought was so funny is, especially in the 80s, it's it's interesting that that time frame mm -hmm. of when he essentially starts the cult. So, and this is so funny because I was literally just having this discussion with my dad. When you think about the 80s in America... And where you go from the '70s, the '60s, where there's a there's an age of of there's a whole movement. There's a civil rights movement. There's there's rights. There's equal rights for everybody, for women, for people of different colors, for black people, for everything. You have the '70s. It's carefree. It's fun. It's disco, cocaine, woo, good time, right? Boom, the '80s hit. That's it. Evangelical step in. Christian nationalism steps in. Ronald Reagan steps in. The 80s is forever changed. If you're you're coming from the 60s and the 70s, you you think of your parents' ages. They're teenagers in the 60s. They're in their 20s and the 70s. They're in their 30s and the 80s. It's like an Everything in that moment has phenomenally changed. Kind of like what I'm going through right now. Uh, (laughs) Like, total existential crisis. Everything's changed. Everything's changed. So, it seemed like it was even more, especially in California, really popular during that time to latch on Mm -hmm. to any of these new age
0: groups. That makes sense. Because
1: you're really having these, like, 80s. There's televangelists. I'm not down with that. This is my parents thing. I don't want to do this. I'm looking for something else. I'm looking for something different. And here comes in. And I hate to say this too because a lot of white people (laughs) will tend to fall for someone that is of color, either um, of Middle Eastern descent, of Indian descent, of Hispanic descent, of whatever. A person of color that they look to as some type of guru in some weird way because they're not white. I don't... I, I, I feel like I've seen a
0: trend of that. White people even subconsciously know not to follow white people. Like,
1: it's... <laughs> right? <laughs> like, they're brown and they speak with an accent and they're saying all these woo-woo things. Like, okay, I trust that. It's like, no. Um, It... It's like it was just the right moment at the right time for him to come about. Um, also, you know, yoga was really popular at the time. He's out on the beach. He's
0: attractive. He's wearing speedos. He's doing yoga. Yeah, I he's... did not de- see, need to see that man's bulge. There was much like as I did. so much going on. There was good so much lord. Going on. But then, come to find out, you find out essentially.
1: That he is a uh, a former gay porn star that was a failed actor that was basically trying to get out of doing gay porn and getting to serious acting and the most he ever got was a tiny tiny if you literally blink he's an extra in Rosemary's Baby at the very end which is big... fucking
0: hilarious because I was like oh my <laughs> god I remember that part. <laughs> when he, yeah, with yeah. he party
1: where they, you yeah. know, where she gets to see the baby, realizes what's going on and he's one of the extras, like you just you blink, you see him for like half a second so it's like, hmm don't want to do gay porn anymore, can't cut in as an actor cult leader
0: um he was also a uh, what was his cause I remember, I swear I remember them saying he what his birthday was it was, oh, I forget I can look it up really quick. So largely, most of the beliefs
1: in Buddha field, to get into what the kind of central beliefs of the cult were, were largely New Age. And New Age is typically described as spiritual or religious practices kind of outside of the mainstream Christian Religions or what have you in America. um Jamie basically thought he was God himself. he encouraged his followers to believe that he was God. Budafield also used the sanskrit sanskrit <laughs> I don't know why that word sanskrit. Not be that, sanskrit word for Shakti, which means power. and Jamie Gomez alleged that he his power transferred to his followers from his fingers. He also cited the Bhagavad Gita as a source, and he demanded his followers remain celibate, despite him having alleged sexual intercourse, intercourse with various followers. Typically, the sexual intercourse was not consensual at all. He, one of the more insidious things that he did in this cult is he would try to basically lure straight men into non-consensual gay sex and they he would do it in sort of this ew, it's so gross it almost sort of reminded me in like the really disgusting stories i read of like uh catholic priest abuse and like how they will literally use like prayers and shit like as they're abusing these kids and I'm like Okay, I could totally see myself being atheist after that, because that is beyond fucked up. Um, that you're using the name of God, and you're vile, evil, like... When you die, you're gonna get butt-raped by demons for in hell for all eternity. And uh, he did shit like that. Like, he would, like, get in their head and start talking about like religion like as he's trying to basically force himself upon these guys. And... This got to, by this point, these guys had been in the cult for years. You know, you're, you're isolated. You have no one else around you. Now he shamed you. And if people don't understand shame, <laughs> shame is deep. Now, because now you're carrying around the shame that like, hmm how could I ever tell someone that this happened to me? He's violated. So now he's like, literally, he has control over you. He's violated you in every way possible. So that was really his celibacy thing. Is he's He was trying to sell it on, it's a distraction, basically. Sex, being in a relationship. All of that is a distraction. It's, it's a distraction from your higher being, from your higher self, from your higher spiritual self, which and in that's all what, reality was total fucking bullshit.
0: And that's what really set us off when they were talking about that in, in the documentary because I was like, that's where it's going to go. He's sexually abusing them, I bet, because... Why, and, and he also pointed it out in the documentary, too. Why does everyone, like, really good-looking... Like you've got all of these people that are incredibly good looking and fit, somebody's fucking somebody somewhere. Like you're not, you're not going to tell me that. And there were people that would sneak off and have sex. Yeah,
1: it would happen all the time.
0: And he said that too.
1: Uh, That was was consensual. There was another. Oh god, I can I can see his face. I know exactly who you're talking about. He was a big. He was one of the guys that was abused by him, and Mm -hmm. ended up having a relationship with a woman, and they both left. Um, I can see him too, but I can't remember his name too.
0: I cannot remember.
1: Um, but he, uh, oh, what did he, what did he say? Oh, I can't think of it. But yeah, that people would just go off. There was the one woman in it. Oh, it was so awful. She got pregnant. He told mm-hmm. her to go an abortion. Yeah. Like, nope, you can't have a kid like just the yeah i don't i think if if you can so show just as much empathy and sympathy for someone that has escaped an abusive relationship you need to look at it as the exact same way as someone who has been the subject of a religious cult because in both situations you are totally brainwashed you give over everything because you don't know any other way and you feel so alone. They break you down to where you feel so alone and lost. They tell you nobody else cares about you but me. Your family doesn't care about you but me. You are nothing without me. I feel like I'm a- the one that's going to, I mean, and that's the exact same words
0: that an abuser says. hmm I feel like a lot of his stuff, too, is that he wanted to be the only one having sex with him. Oh, of course. Even though we all know he was gay. Anyway, oh, he was but... definitely gay.
1: And I think, like, and the fact that that, like, he never brought that up. Where it's like, listen, from the first moment, if you didn't know it from the first moment you saw him to the musical numbers till later on. we Him doing ballet. yes, ass fucking plastic surgery. Like, he, he was gay. Like, or he he's gay. He's gay. I knew from the start of the documentary Same. he was gay. I knew immediately that he he was gay. So I'm like, is this him scr- struggling with his sexuality? Because he would tell these straight guys, he would, I mean, these guys are like, no, I am straight. And he's like, well, you know, you had to have had some thoughts in your childhood. And they're like, no, like he would do this weird psychobabble bullshit to just flip it around and act like it was something you wanted and something that you accepted and you had done before, and this was all a part of this spiritual journey. No. No, like, I don't want to fucking do this. I don't want to do this. So getting back to what I was saying about the guru part, um, the director, Will Allen, of Holy Hell, mentioned that a lot of the principles of East versus West that we were doing, surrendering to a guru, dropping your ego, taking your shoes off before you walk into a room, leaving the world behind. We didn't think of it as giving away our power. We thought of it as empowering and how that could be flipped so quick. Mm -hmm. How in the beginning he's telling you that he's helping you
0: gain power when really he's taking your power away from you. That is like ultimate manipulation. Yeah, that is big time. Also, I couldn't find his birthday. I I know he said when he was born in the beginning of the I think documentary, but I can't that. remember. He probably did. Three to five hour ballet practices, two to three days each week were often
1: part of the group's activities when with members even missing their jobs for practice. The resulting performances were never shown to anyone outside of Butterfield, but Which is weird to me. Until, well, when they did get, into the parts of the documentary where they did have those big ballet productions and those big musical numbers, that was when they were in Austin, Texas. Because that's the part I'm hazy on is how they, when they moved, when they made it from California to Texas. They did that because
0: people were getting wind of what was going. on. What was going kind on. kind of how like Heat Town,
1: basically. He like, didn't want to be like, considered oh to get heart. out of here.
0: But that's when everything went downhill, big time, because he moved, and then I think... Well, then you were really able, because if the base of most of the
1: people were in California, now you've really isolated them away from their families, because you've moved everybody to Texas. Right. So now it's even more And then he lost his fucking mind even worse than he did before. awful. I... He looked like he was on drugs. I don't know. There might have been drugs involved, too. Anytime
0: he had the camera on him, his face was like...
1: That's yes. Like, it looked like he was on something. Like, he had the Jenny Schefter stare from the L word. Or he could have... Or, really, just that you know, maybe that from the start was where you were starting to see him more mentally unravel. Like, he is not holding this together anymore. Like, he was able to hide it, now he can't fucking hide it anymore. Um, so now, apparently, after... In 1993, so now you're about 15 years or so into the cult, Gomez has started to voice anxieties to Will after Waco. Waco, Texas. Um, And the Branch Davidians, that whole thing. Uh, Alan, uh, just real quick, too, in case anybody's wondering if we will ever do an episode about that, no. I... Two reasons. One, I personally don't feel comfortable because of kids being involved much in the same way of Jonestown. Two, I share a lot of opinions about Waco that I know a lot of people will not agree with. So I would rather not on this podcast. So I'm just going to leave it. Just going to leave it at that. In case anybody asks, because I know that's another big cult one that people are like, oh, you guys are going to talk about cults. Why not talk about Waco? We're not going to talk about Waco. You want to learn about Waco? We don't talk
0: about Waco. <laughs> Literally.
1: That's how, Bruno, Waco. That's how we're doing it over here. Google is a thing. You want to learn about it, you learn about it. Anyway, just wanted to bring it up because I don't want to get emails or DMs. You guys know, are going to talk about Waco? No, we're not. Um. So after that, he became a lot more paranoid. Uh another thing that makes me wonder because okay this is my link after the he starts getting plastic surgery and then becomes even more paranoid so now that makes me wonder did he become addicted to the pain because they put you on pain medication right did he become addicted to the pain pills and that the paranoia that was already there just got worse because now he's got this pain pill addiction you know, and I love how they mentioned that in this in this Wikipedia article that over time, the more plastic surgery he got, he started to look well. No, I'm sorry. They actually mentioned that that he actually he himself started to look more feminine like he encouraged women, even though he didn't want these guys to have sex with women. He mm-hmm. wanted the women to get plastic surgery and he wanted to get plastic surgery to look more feminine. And I think part of the reason why he wanted this may have never been mentioned, but I think part of the reason why he wanted the women to get plastic surgery is to lure more men into the cult. Because I've heard that as a thing too. That would make sense. More attractive women. Like recruit?
0: Didn't he even use the word recruit? Like Like to recruit recruit
1: people? They would to recruit people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. The one. This man just
0: continues and continues to get worse and worse. Yeah, the
1: one follower that he, uh, can, that he, um, forced to have an abortion. Another one wouldn't allow her to see her father before she died. Um, but yeah, so now, uh, it does continue in Hawaii, as I said, recruiting through yoga studios. They did show some footage of that towards the end of the, um, documentary, Um. Oh yeah, this weird—the hypnotherapy he would use because he actually was trained to hypnotize people.
0: So like, that's not insidious as hell. Well, the Um, whole that whole thing right there is when he and Alex were talking about it. Like that's when he abused them. Yeah, he would use the hypnosis so they wouldn't remember it was happening, and that's when he would abuse them. And literally, Chucky. Cult of Chucky. That's exactly mm. what the motherfucking doctor was doing to Fiona. Or not Fiona. Um, Nika. Nika. I, almost I was like, Nina. Like I almost said no. Nicaragua. What I, I the almost said fuck? Nina. I was like, no. At least um, yours was a name. Mine's a fucking country. Like, what,
1: what, what was I thinking?
0: <laughs> um,
1: the fact that he also said he used the AIDS crisis to instill fear in followers, because he did. he actually did have some followers. I know the one guy that his sister was in it with him. He was gay, so even though Jamie's gay, he would shame other gay men in the cult.
0: Yeah, it's called which was very... homophobia.
1: Yeah, a lot of gay in
0: con- like internalized, worst, internalized, internalized homophobia. Yeah, a lot... <laughs> gay people have internalized. I used family. to be a homophobic. I'm gay as hell. It's how I was raised. It, it's. It gets ingrained in you, and then there was always something in my brain that was like, this seems wrong, and now I'm gay as hell. So, well, here we are. So,
1: he went by... Now, how did he pronounce it? Did he pronounce it Michael? It's Michelle. Or Michelle. Michelle Rested. It looks like Michael, but yeah, it's pronounced Michelle. Michelle. Right. So, Will joined in 1985 in West Hollywood. It was led by Michelle Rested. Um, It eventually grew to 100 members in the late 80s, calling itself Budafield. He was born Jamie Gomez to a wealthy Venezuelan rancher, Um, had the small part in Rosemary's Baby, um, purportedly danced for the Oakland Ballet, gay porn star, Uh, film school graduate. Will Allen became his documentarian, uh, basically called him his propaganda minister, Um, Because he also shot a lot of those, uh, like, plays and ballets and stuff they would do. They relocated to Austin, Texas in 1992, and then shortly thereafter to Oahu. Alan left in 2007. Um, As of 2016, there's at least 85 followers that still remain with Michelle in Hawaii. Um... Alan himself, after leaving the group, watched a movie called Keep the Lights On. Um, it was featured at the Sundance Film Festival. And essentially what the movie is about, um, is a a man, I think it's a gay man with like a sex addiction, um... And that basically kind of gave him the strength to put on his own documentary of like, because this was, that was supposed to be based on the true story. And it was like, uh, he knew he had all this footage, Um, 35 hours of edited footage of everything that he had filmed over 22 years. And he used that for the documentary. Uh, cinematographer Polly Morgan shot new footage, that's toward the end of the film, um, and his followers in Hawaii by hiding in bushes, which she described as the greatest challenge in shooting this documentary. For this, she preferred a small, inexpensive, and lightweight camera that would be non-obstructive during filming. She noted she used a 7200 millimeter zoom lens for long lens photography while hiding in the bushes. The production also filmed New interviews with former members of the cult. That's what I thought was so interesting. And it's interesting to learn that now, like how how they were able to shoot that without Michelle knowing that there was a camera on him. Because I think Will knew that it's like, if he knows he has a camera on him, he is going to run. Mm -hmm. He's definitely not going to talk to me. No. Because he still stands by he did nothing wrong. Because really when the breakdown of the cult started happening was these allegations against him and then there was an email released
0: and more people were like yeah he's doing this it's like i was telling alex i was like how can anybody do the things that he did and sleep at night i i just don't understand i really fucking just don't understand oh he's a narcissist Mm mm-hmm
1: You have to be in the presence of a narcissist to understand a narcissist. And the fact that people like... I think the frightening part is realizing that people like that exist. And people like that get away with things like that every day. I mean, in actuality, if there was proof, like... Jamie Gomez should be in prison. Like, undoubtedly should be in prison. But... There's so many of these... I mean, if not just for that, but for the money he took, for all the... But there's so many weird loopholes to all of that where people... How how easy it would be for him to frame everything as consensual. Yeah. You, You know, that's why he will never... He'll never admit to any of it being true. Karma will give him. Oh my god. If it hasn't already. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked terrible now. I couldn't even imagine what he looks like now. Probably like a walking corpse. You can only get so much plastic surgery before it starts to look fucking... You start to look terrible. Yeah. Like, I mean, he wasn't looking, he wasn't
0: looking great at the end of that documentary. Mm-mm. So I'm sure. What is it? Six years from now, or that was six years, seven years ago? Yeah, yeah. He probably looks like a walking corpse at this oh point. Oh my god! So it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival,
1: and the interesting thing is that when it premiered, um, Jamie was pissed about it. Obviously, because again, that was the whole reason why he moved from California to Texas. He did not want anybody labeling anything that he did as cult activity, that Buddhafield was a cult, that he is a cult leader. And anyway, because now there's repercussions that can come back on you. You can't say that you're a guru, a yoga teacher a whatever. If you're labeled a cult leader and what you're labeled doing is cult activities. Well, now you, you know. You can't really rope people in anymore. There's only so much charisma that's going (laughs) to go over when now you've literally been labeled a cult leader. So, um, and I think this was actually... I can't remember if this was featured in the... So, he allegedly sent followers to Holy Hell's Sundance Film Festival debut to physically threaten ex-followers. One of Gomez's bodyguards allegedly threatened a cast member afterwards. And Jamie himself released a statement as follows. Quote, The teacher's formal statement on the film, The Teacher. I I already just threw up. It (laughs) is heartbreaking to see how history has been rewritten. Holy hell is not a documentary. Rather, it is a work of fiction designed to create drama, fear, and persecution. That is what sells. Right. I am saddened By this attempt to obscure the message of universal love and spiritual awakening. It is devastating to see these friends who were once so filled with love for the world become so angry. Just continuing to gaslight. I wish them only the best and hold each one close to my heart. They'd probably rather you not. If any of my actions were a catalyst for their disharmony... I am truly sorry. May all beings find peace. Michelle. Fuck off. There's so much (laughs) gaslighting. Like so much of that. That whole thing might as well have read. I am so sorry you feel that way. (laughs) That's what that was. That was the the epitome of I'm I'm sorry you feel that way. Ginormous. I am so sorry you feel that way. So sorry you feel that way. So I did find an article from CNN. uh, When. Oh, this was actually linked to the. uh, Huh. This was actually linked to the um, Wikipedia page. This was back in. 2016 when the movie was originally released and this actually happened at the 27th annual Honolulu Rainbow Film Festival during the movies showing and a Q&A session with the cast um, so it starts off by saying dipshit, dumbass, call off your psychotic chihuahua wife <laughs> So much for peace, love, and good karma. We are attending a screening at the 27th Annual Honolulu Rainbow Film Festival and midway through the Q&A session with the cast of tonight's documentary, The Mood Turns Dark. More like Friday Night Fights. The circle of security guards tightens just in case. People in the front row get ready to duck. Some stand and approach the stage. Are these two dudes, a yoga teacher and a hairdresser by trade, really about to start swinging? What in the name of holy hell is going on? Holy hell, in fact, is the reason everyone is packed into the Doris Duke Theater at the Honolulu Museum of Art on a steamy Friday night in August. It's the name of Will Allen's documentary-backed Academy Award-winning actor-musician investor Jared Leto,
0: and it tells the story...
1: I did not know Jared Leto.
0: See, I, I saw his name in the, the credits. Back. He was an investor for this. I saw him, his name in the credits, and I was like, the fuck? What? It's sort of weird that people have called him Colby cult <laughs> Anyway. Um...
1: <laughs> sorry google that i'm not even gonna get into that y'all want to get into that that was a tiktok rabbit hole many moons ago jerry leto cult leader i'm not even gonna go there um it tells the story of how alan and his friends spent more than two decades in a new age spiritual group they called the buddha field in his search for enlightenment alan followed an eccentric speedo wearing guru from west hollywood to austin texas and then to hawaii's Lanakai Beach, about a 45-minute drive from this theater. One night, about 10 years ago, he simply left the guru behind here in Hawaii. He walked away in the wake of allegations that the guru had been sexually abusing young male followers for years. Alan says that he was one of them. In the decades since, Alan and his Buddhafield friends have moved on, but a new group has gr- has grown up in their place. So Alan has come back to Hawaii to lay his film at the feet of his former guru. He sees holy hell as a cautionary tale and wants people here to know what happened to him and his friends so it won't happen to them. Love how he did it in Hawaii. So he makes sure that it's close enough that it's like it does not. You can't keep running away. He's Everybody trying. is going to know who the fuck you are. He's trying. Like, dude. That's why fear and loathing are sweeping the yoga studios of Oahu and why death threats are being reported to police. It's why people are eyeing each other at the Whole Foods store in the Kualuai Town Center and wondering, are you in that cult? It's why Murdy Hower and Gentry Petzold looked like they were about to throttle each other up on stage. The two men met in Austin and say they love each other like brothers, but there's one big difference between them. Hower, Murdy Hower, one of the original Buddha Field recruiters featured in the film, no longer follows the teacher. As for Petzold, Gentry Petzold, well, he'll say his relationship with the teacher is far m- more cordial. Petzold and another emissary, Martin uh, Dulaz, insist that they aren't in a cult and that their guru isn't brainwashing or sexually abusing anybody. They both say that they owe him everything. The loose collection of followers, many tied into Oahu's yoga and health food communities, isn't organized enough to qualify as a group. They insist it doesn't even have a name. But the others on stage, Director Allen and some who appear in the film, howard Chris Johnston, Julian Goldstein, Jahada Glees, and Alessandra Burian, all say that they were brainwashed and manipulated. Looking back, they have no doubt that the Buddhafield was a cult. Along the way, they say they lost their spiritual innocence, their identities, and even their ability to make decisions for themselves. Now they say they're hearing disturbing things from friends on the island, and that the master they knew as Andres is not laying low as he promised them he would. He's collecting
0: new acolytes and calling himself God King. Yeah, I remember that at the, towards the end of it, he changed his name to Reggie or Reggie or Rahi, something like yeah, that, and it's, God King. it means God King. Concerned neighbors say he has taken to
1: walking the streets of Lanakai, or Lanakai in disguise. He wears a white surgical mask and a cane. Walks with a cane. Wow. Um, probably wears the surgical mask because the because his face is fucking up. <laughs> his like, face is so fucked up. Ass ass in fucking plastic it. surgery. Doulose, uh insists that there's another spiritual leader who has taken up residence on the island with a band of followers. But just before the film festival, Andres moved into a bigger, more secure home nearby that Alan's spies are calling the Fortress. Those close to him see the filmmaker's actions as aggression. This impression is underscored when a mass mailing marketing the film hits every mailbox within a three-mile radius of the beach, of Lanakai Beach. The film, he doesn't want you to see, says one of a postcard announcing that Holy Hell is available on iTunes, Amazon, and Netflix. Howard, meanwhile, says he's being harassed, more so now that the film is being shown on the island he calls home. He's afraid of what will happen when everybody else goes home. The onstage fireworks with Petzold blew over. Still, tensions run high in the community as Holy Hell is unleashed on the unsuspecting island of Oahu. Good for him, man. Mm-hmm. Good for him actually releasing it right there. Because it's like I said, it's literally like being able to confront your abuser. And not even so much to confront Andres, Michelle, Jamie, God King, whatever the fuck he wants to call himself. Not so even not so much to even confront him, because you're like, he's a narcissist.
0: He won't listen he to my past he's the point
1: of you're, you know, you're you're talking to yourself. He's never, never going to change. But if you can somehow reach these people who who are really buying into him and believing what he's saying and being brainwashed into following him. If you can just reach one that could reach another, that could reach the next and the next and the next and tell them you don't, you don't have to do this. You don't need this. You don't need him This is a lie. None of this is true. If you want enlightenment and empowerment, you can reach that your goddamn self. Yeah. You can find all that in yourself. You can do that all yourself. It's pretty amazing, actually. You can teach it to yourself. Yeah. You can read the books and you can study it and you can journal and you can meditate and you can pray. You could do all of that yourself. All of the things. You do not need somebody like that. I mean, when you really peel away the layers and you realize this stuff that he spouts and that he says, you know, bits from the Bhagavad Gita, bits, you know, Sanskrit, all these yoga teachings, all these things. These are literally all things that you can read yourself and read in context, not some psycho taking them out of context to, to lure you
0: I'm sorry, are you talking about the Bible? I, it well <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> well um, <laughs> good book um, ever since, this is, I'm just saying this because this is really fucking hilarious to so have funny. a little break um, you keep saying Andreas because that's his name and my brain keeps going Amadeus, Amadeus like over and over and over so, yeah. Come and, me. Oh, my <laughs> that's stuff Fucking... and it's not even like you were saying Amadeus. You were saying Andreas, but my brain's like Amadeus, Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. Such, great...
1: Such a great song. I mean, it really is just like random. I just hate that, that that's no the reason. only
0: part that's in my head, and it will be for the rest of the night.
1: <laughs> it's amazing.
0: it's I I would, amazing. I thought I would
1: share that. I know everyone enjoyed it. Oh, I love it how they cut, they got the they got the scene. Oh, look, there
0: game. he is. There he is. God, oh, what a pig.
1: <laughs> and he wasn't too bad looking then. Now like I said I'll his face be honest, is literally straight off. up
0: those younger pictures of him that they showed, he was very nice looking. I he will was give him that. Guy. And then all of a sudden he turned into a dickwad and now he looks like Caitlyn Jenner. Well, I think it's when
1: I think that everybody like that can have bits of that in their mind already. They can, you know, the the seeds sown of Mm -hmm. these narcissistic tendencies and certain things that that become learned over time. But then when you know that you can have a following of people, Mm -hmm. it's the ultimate power. I mean, these people were literally carrying him, bowing down to him, fixing his food. Remember that guy made that really, they showed a picture, that guy made that really elaborate ass, food salad for him. He, he literally carved away. He
0: carved the fruit, guys. He carved it. It was actually really cool looking. I I thought it was very nice and then he just was like, no, fuck this and threw it away. Because he was I mean, very the, the, caring the
1: things that he literally he's so was caring. able to have people do for him and a lot of that came it all. It all came from power. Like he's... I said, if you if you can give any empathy and sympathy to someone in abusive surviving an abusive relationship you should give all of that the same amount to people that escape cults because it is one and the same it is one and the same these people felt lonely and isolated felt like the felt like their their families didn't accept them felt like the world didn't accept them and you got to think a lot of them were so young when they first met and, and again you got to take the dichotomy of the 80s you know you're not you're 19 mention... 20 21 22 22 I think Will said when, you know you're that young when you meet him and you're tied into a culture of of excess but also a culture that's got televangelists screaming at you on TV telling you you're you're going to be one with God if you send them money and you're like oh this just looks like bullshit like this is not you know now it's so it's so interesting how more of that kind of went full circle around with the way more new age spiritualities are are looked at now as so much as just a normal thing, whereas in the eighties it was it was really kind of out there like you were really out there that was mm-hmm. not something you know because it was so far out of the spectrum that. People that were really looking for, they're like, I don't want to go to church. I'm not going to find this in church, especially if you're gay and you're like, I definitely don't feel accepted in church. Then it's like, where can I feel something? Where can I have this enlightenment? Where can I feel this? And just as you were having these televangelists pop up, you were having these fake gurus pop up. People that like I said, people that were brown skinned, people that knew yoga because that was a big thing, new age thing like that I said, was popping up. White it was people just...
0: subconsciously don't want to follow white people because they it... I mean no, really, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I was saying this as a joke, but I'm like also it's kind of true. So I mean you if know, you really
1: think about it, like
0: even white yeah. people know white people fucked up. They're just like, oh. That looks bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not even gonna lie. Like that fucking looks terrible. Well, I feel like cults are the epitome of, you know how when you're raised Christian, if anyone else was raised Christian like me, how they say like Satan and demons will come after you when you're at your most vulnerable vulnerable state. Cults are the same way. Cults will come after you when you're in your most vulnerable state to make you fall in love with an idea that is truly not what's happening. If it seems too good to be true, 9.9 9 times out of 10 it is.
1: So, just Lull, be wary, be wearying you like into that. a false sense of security and making you believe that that's Yeah, I mean it, it's I go I go straight back to that uh quote that Will said Mm -hmm. you don't have to give somebody else your power to feel empowered you can feel empowered on your own Yep. it's like I said you can learn all of these on your own you can read all of these books and and all of these things and learn all these on your own to gain your own
0: power you don't have to give
1: somebody else your power and unfortunately
0: a lot of the world right now teaches you the opposite of that teaches you that you need to be with somebody or somebody has to give you that and what would be validation validation yeah and what would be even crazier is how fucking amazing this world would be if people would realize their own power like good people not fucking crazy ass fuckery people
1: yeah because you are using it's using your power for good and
0: Mm -hmm. not evil literally like cartoon stuff come on like yeah exactly
1: Transformers
0: foamers transformers robots covered in soap. I you. Anyway. <laughs> that
1: was perfect. Oh my god. Okay, on that note. Um <laughs> watch the holy hell documentary on tubi Guys. I don't think we did it justice we gave you about as much information as wikipedia and cnn and our own memories of watching the documentary could allow but i highly recommend watching it yes it was shot it was very meticulously well done the way it was shot and narrated it really was beautiful and the ending was kind of sad. Yeah. And
0: I love that song. Chasing Cars. Yeah. The I song did too. was
1: perfect. The song fit with it perfectly, but it made it like, oh. That's a great song. And I think it makes it even sadder that there are people that stayed. But now you're, now, you know, my hope is okay, that was 2016, that those same, that those people maybe watch this and realize, like, oh, God, I got to get out of this. You always hope at some yeah. point that that shame will leave them and they'll go you know what i would i would much i'd much rather deal with the shame every day than continue to live in this and be a part of this anymore
0: so one can only hope all right guys so that concludes our episode tonight on the buddha field um just like Becky said go watch it holy hell on tubi now for next week we will be covering evil dead rise um yeah, that we should it's, be i it's, think it's, everybody's pretty much had and a it's time out on to... uh, hbo right now so if you guys didn't get to go to the theater to see it um watch it on hbo max um if you don't have hbo max i'm sure you know someone who does so just watch it <laughs> um I've already seen it. I'm pretty excited to talk about it actually, because it, it I love the Evil Dead franchise. It kinda made me want to go back and rewatch Evil Ash vs. Evil Dead, to be honest, because I just that series was so fucking good. Um I the, am going to uh watch it this weekend. So I'm excited. Yep. So if you guys haven't seen it, make sure to check it out. Otherwise there will be a shit ton of spoilers uh next week, so you might want to skip that episode until you watch it. Alright, is that everything? Mm, yeah. That's okay. all I
1: got. I'm excited to watch
0: it. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I really did like certain aspects of it. I think the title, like someone even on Twitter mentioned the title card, like the beginning. The very beginning, and then you know how movies say the name of the film. This was one of the coolest title cards I've ever seen for a film. So Ooh, nice. I actually I like really like how they did that. Yeah. Um, I have my complaints, but we'll go over that next week. But, yeah, I think I'll like the title card because I thought it was really cool how they did it. So, um, yeah, so you guys know we have all the socials at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Uh The handle is 8811, or I'm sorry, DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to say hey, you can give us an email at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And then lastly, you can give us a follow or subscribe at uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Make sure to do that. You'll always know when we put out new episodes and also uh, give us a rating, leave us a review. Those are pretty cool. Um, and to whoever tried to hack the Instagram last week, literally fuck you. And also... Um, I changed the passwords to everything, so good fucking luck now. Yep. Also, two-factor authentication is on everything too, so good fucking luck. Yep. Just saying. Just. Just saying. Don't be a cunt, Kevin. Kevin. Don't be a cunt, Kevin. That's all we're saying. Anyway, that has that's perfect, the perfect way to end it. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a cunt, Kevin. Don't be a cunt, Jamie. Ragey, whatever the fuck your name is. Amadeus, yeah, Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Go watch Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> okay, bye.